2: Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in, Raider Nation. Welcome to another edition of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, DeMond Cotton, he's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm at the home studio uh, coming off the heels of the JT The Bricks uh, show from noon to two right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And I'm in the home studio today. Had a very productive meeting before the show. Very excited. Had a... Had a productive meeting over at the Orleans Casino. So anyone who's a local, and I'm just, I just want to go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. I always get excited and fired up when these uh, different events come our way and our opportunities come our way. Anyone who is a local, anyone who visits the area uh, quite a bit. Is going to have a great opportunity. I do believe with this partnership that we're looking like we're going to have uh, with the Orleans and it's going to be the Orleans this year, but it's going to continue to grow and grow and grow. It's going to have some massive things coming uh, our way at Radio Nation Radio 920. Some very exciting things, uh, including on game days and leading up to game days and throughout training camp and preseason and even up to the draft. I mean, there's just all kind of good things headed our direction and just want to shout out to the folks over at the Orleans. I'm very excited about uh, the opportunity of this Partnership that we're going to have moving forward. Normally, I wouldn't talk about a partnership that hasn't the, the deal hasn't been sealed yet, but this is something that is just so exciting that I can't wait to just kind of un unroll it right and, and let the whole plan out of the out of the bag and let everyone uh, in on what's going on and and how big this could be and how exciting and fun this could be for Raider Nation. And again, uh, really want to focus on uh, the Orleans here locally. Uh, so anyone who, like I said, is is here or anyone who uh, visits the area quite a bit. It's just good it's just about one of your one of your go to spots. It's gonna end up becoming a hub for us. Uh, and I'm like I said, I'm very excited about it and I'll tell you a lot more about it later on as everything progresses. But man, it's just trust me when I say something to get excited about. Something else is kind of exciting and, and crazy at the same time, Damon. I don't know how much you've been paying attention that when we were at the station earlier together, I looked out the window and said, Hey man, it's snowing. <laughs> right? It's snowing and so as I'm driving up to the house just a little while ago. I saw it snowing again. I get to the red light. It's like snow, snow, snow. And I was like, man. I was not prepared for snow uh, all the time in late February here in the Las Vegas area. But here we are. So it's been kind of co- cool. I mean, it was very windy yesterday and last night and to the point where some power outages. Uh, they shut down the highway for a while because there was so much dust and stuff going uh, all over the place right at the state line right there between Nevada and uh, California. But, uh, man, when you see a little bit of snow, and it's not too much, it's not affecting any kind of traffic or anything. When you see a little bit of snow flickers, it's kind of cool. I kind of like it. Yeah,
1: it's all, it lets you know that winter is still here, and also <laughs> you mentioned the wind yesterday. It was one of those nights where, man, I hope the tree doesn't fall on my car when you're parked in front of the driveway. I don't know, like that's yep. how strong the wind is. Just I hope nothing falls on the car, or the wind takes someone's trash can or something and I have an accident in the backyard, but the snow today, it was fantastic to see. I was on the phone with a family member, and I was like, yeah, it's snowing outside, and it was like, what? Snowing in Vegas? I'm like, (laughs) yeah, snowing in Vegas.
2: Yeah, it's kind of wild, and it's funny that you mentioned the trash can thing. Today is trash day, so normally I take the trash can out every Tuesday night because, well, that's what a responsible person's going to do, right? Take the trash out the night before and not have to be that guy rushing to get it out there before the trash man actually gets to the house, but I I know now, don't take the trash out the night before when it's windy. So I did not take it out last night. I I knew that there was no chance that that trash can was actually going to be in front of my house uh, if I did that, so I took the trash out earlier this morning, and I even had to determine. I was like, man, it's still a little bit windy, I don't really have too much in my recycle bin. I'll just go ahead and hold on to the stuff in the recycle bin until next week. It'll be all right. Just because I didn't want to have to chase my trash can down the block. But yeah, that's the kind of days that we've been having the last couple days. Real windy and then, like I said, snowy. But uh, it's nice and warm on the inside. And like I said, DeMond's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. He's nice and toasty. I'm in the home studio. I'm nice and toasty. And well, we're here to to warm up the airways for the next three hours, man. We're excited about the show that we have. Very excited about the guests that we have coming up on the show. And I think that we. Have- we have a guest from, I think, every element today. Uh, very excited about the opportunity that we have to share with you for the next few hours. Starting us off in a few minutes, as a matter of fact, uh, during the opening drive will be our good friend Rob Demosky from ESPN. He covers the Green Bay Packers like a glove. Uh, we'll get the latest and the greatest when it comes to all things Aaron Rodgers, uh, where the Packers are. And really, it's not even, you know, what is going on with Aaron Rodgers or what decision is Aaron Rodgers going to make. It's more from the Packers side of things. Where are the Packers at? With Aaron Rodgers. How do the Packers feel about him moving forward? Are they ready to move on from, from Rodgers and go to Jordan Love as there's many reports out there that say that they are? And I want to ask Rob, what does Aaron Rodgers have left? Right, everyone talked about it. We talked in great length yesterday about the fact that, you know, he had a down year in 2022, and I still think it was a decent year, but it wasn't up to his standards. It wasn't MVP level. He was dealing with the different cast of characters, but I don't, you know, and I'm not going to make excuses for him. But he still had, you know, a year that was not up to his standards. So I want to get Rob Stotts. He's been around him for a very long time. He's one of the best in the business when it comes to covering the Green Bay Packers. Hell, he's one of the best in the business, period, when it comes to covering sports. But, I mean, he's been on that Packers beat for quite a while, and uh, me and him have become really good friends, and so he'll join us at 2.15 to talk all things Green Bay Packers and just get his perspective on where they are with Aaron Rodgers. Then at 2.30, Joe DeLeon from the Believe Podcast Network. He'll join us to talk all things draft. All things draft. And this is what we're going to do between now and late April when the draft comes up. We're going to dissect this draft. We're going to flip it up. We're going to turn it upside down. We're going to look at every element that you can look at it. In the same time, we're going to prepare for free agency. We're going to prepare for the Raiders to potentially make trades. I mean, we're going to, everything that has to go on this offseason, we'll be all over it like a glove. We'll break down individual players. We'll break down individual programs. We'll talk to guys that are draft experts on Friday. I'm very excited. This is kind of a little sneak preview. Uh, there's so many good things coming up, but I'm excited. Daniel Jeremiah is doing his pre-combine uh, conference call that he does every year. He does two of them. He does a pre-combine uh, conference call. Then he does a post-combine conference call. Matter of fact, I think he does three. And then he does one more right before uh, the draft happens. Well, on Friday, he's actually doing his pre combine uh, call, his conference call. So uh, I'll be on part of that. Uh, We'll bring elements of that to the show on Friday, so that's just kind of something to look forward to. He has put out Mock Draft 2.0, and Red Nation, I say it all the time, that right now at the end of February, mock drafts don't mean anything. They don't mean a whole lot. All it does is tell you where some of these guys have these different players pegged to go as far as how high in round one, how low in round two, whatever the case is, kind of where they feel that they're going to go, but it's so hard to do a mock draft when you haven't seen Free agency yet. You don't really know what teams are going to shed a lot of players from their roster, like Tennessee, DeMond, your team today. Uh, they shed multiple players, including Taylor Lewan, which is not a big surprise, but he's out. Uh, who else is out? Uh, their wide receiver, Robert Woods, is out. Their kicker is out. I mean, they were up like $25 million over the salary cap this morning. Now they're like $25 million under the salary cap. Like, they've they've made some moving and shaking today in Tennessee. So you don't know how rosters are going to be shaped. So it's real hard to come up with a mock draft and be able to look at a team and say, okay, This is what they still need, even though we all believe in the best player available uh, philosophy. You still, it's hard to peg things right now. So uh, I know that mock drafts are out, and we're going to talk to plenty of draft experts, but we're really just getting their thoughts on certain players and what they think they bring to the table, who of them are real deal potential stars in the NFL, who are just guys that could be potential depth on the team, you know, just really kind of – doing all our due diligence on all these players. As you've known, we've talked about every single one of the quarterbacks uh, for the most part already, and we're going to continue to do that as well. But uh, that's really the angles that we take when it comes to the NFL draft at this point. Uh, So that's at 2.30. Joe DeLeon will join the show. At 3 o'clock, our good friend, Chef Mark, Mark McMillan, former NFL defensive back but current next-level chef, he made it. He advanced from round two to round three. He's going to join us, and a guy who didn't make it, Name Alex is also going to join us. He's going to call. So we're going to have a little, you know, conference call with uh, the Mark who did advance and then Alex who didn't advance uh, but had a hell of a story and was in the elimination round and it was really close. He Put everything on the line, and he has a really good story when it comes to his father and how he was cooking for his father. So we'll talk to the Next Level Chefs, Mark McMillan and also Alex, coming up at 3 o'clock. At 3.30, Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network. He'll join us, but we'll really focus in on Hendon Hooker when it comes to Ryan Fowler at 3.30 because he's the one who put out on Twitter that Hendon Hooker has had conversations with the Raiders. He said he's had conversations with multiple teams, but of course we're focusing on the silver and black, so uh, we'll talk about we'll talk about Hendon Hooker, we'll talk about what those conversations could have been like, if he's got any kind of report of you know how those conversations uh, went. Uh, he's also talked to the Panthers, the Giants, the Saints, and the Cowboys so far in the pre-draft process, so we'll talk all things Hendon Hooker coming up at 3.30 with Ryan Fowler. He also was at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, so we'll just kind of ask him if there's any players that stood out to him that really caught his eye that he's uh, excited to see how they continue to go in this draft process, but Ryan Fowler will join us at 3:30, and we just confirmed a few minutes ago that Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports, she'll join us to talk all things UNLV. She joins us each and every Wednesday, and she's very uh, flexible with her time, so we do appreciate it. She started out at three o'clock, then we moved her back to 3:30. Now she's at four o'clock, but it's just you know it's just how it how it goes sometimes when guys can do certain times and they can't do other times. So we got to be very flexible and uh, thankful to Paloma because she's very uh, flexible with her time and is willing to come on at four. O'clock, so she'll join us to talk all things UNLV at four and DeMond. I know that you're in a UNLV alum, but boy, oh boy, UNLV they're on the struggle bus when it comes to the hoop game.
1: Yeah, I feel like I was lied to. I mean, Paul Gutierrez he said it last <laughs> week that ever since I started bragging about being 10 and 0, the team has went completely the other way, and maybe I do deserve the blunt of the blame. I don't know because it's just been bad.
2: Yeah, no, it has, and I'll tell you what, I mean, that they've been bad, but. They, they have a couple games left before the, the regular season gets wrapped up. Then they get to the conference tournament. We will have conference tournament tickets to give out on today's show, so that's exciting. But also, what's exciting, and I like to brag on things, man. When exciting things happen, I like to brag on them. And this afternoon, before I left the radio station for the meeting that I had, myself and Damon and our boss, Natalie, uh, we all had a meeting, and it got confirmed today that Damon Cotton, our very own Damon Cotton, will be part of the XFL radio broadcast that you'll hear right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So go ahead and give DeMond a round of applause. He's actually going to be doing color commentary. I'm excited about that. Harry Ruiz is going to be the play-by-play voice, and DeMond's going to be his side-by-side partner. I'm excited. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm glad that we could be involved in the XFL, and I think it's even better that Harry's going to be doing play-by-play and you're going to be involved doing color. I think that that's great. So how excited and pumped up are you for that opportunity?
1: Oh, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm excited to make a lot of X puns just throughout the show now, the XFL <laughs> is back, and it's one of those things where I don't know if people were watching it over the weekend. It's some. a really fun product. Yeah, it, it is. is so, it is fun football. The new kickoff rules. Seeing yeah. teams where Rod Woodson he said after the game, Yeah, maybe we should have went for three. Right. Going for three. That we talked, talked to him the, about yeah, that, exactly. remember? We
2: talked to him about that. He said, Yeah, we're not going to do too much of that, but you have to, right? You got to do it. The fourth and fifteen rule, you know, AJ uh,
1: McCarron looking like a superstar, you know, right. being able to put the team on the back yep. by the hey, we're going to do the fourth and fifteen. Yep. It's things that you you say it out loud, and it's like uh, I don't know, but when you see it actually happening on the field, it's a hell of a game.
2: Exactly, I think it's I think it is a hell of a game, and I think it's a hell of an opportunity. But I'm really more excited, even the, for the product. I know the product's going to be cool. I'm so excited for your opportunity to be the color commentary uh, guy, and that's just another notch in your belt. Right? It just allows you to say, hey, I've done this as well. And who knows where that goes? I don't know, but I know that you're getting the opportunity to do it, and you'll do it starting this Saturday, and you'll hear those games. The home games are broadcast right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So well done, DeMond. I know that's a little bit of something that's been one of your goals to do. And, you know, in a very short amount of time, you've gone from producing a show to having your own show, to be in color commentary, to being on Super Bowl Radio Road. I mean, you've done a lot in a short amount of time, so I don't want to not give you your flowers. I think you've done an incredible job uh, in the short amount of time that I've been here at the radio station. And uh, just keep on grinding, man. Keep doing what you're doing. I think you're doing a fantastic job. So our very own DeMond Cotton will be color commentary for the Vegas Vipers. Him and Harry Ruiz going to be on the call, man. That's cool, dude.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned my own show as well. Guys, check out the fight game tomorrow because right after we have that meeting, I get the the joy of, hey, you're going to be doing color commentary color commentary for the XFL Vegas Vipers. And Then I go, I do an interview for the fight game with Jay Vidal, Impact Wrestler, and this is one of my best friends in the world. When I mention my group chat, he's one of the guys in the group chat. So for me to interview him, and it's just like, we're just talking like we talk every day. So right. that was just another cool moment of, Look at my friend that's made it. He's signed to an actual wrestling company and me interviewing him. So today has just been one of those great days in the business.
2: There you go. There you go. And there's days like that. There's also days on the other side. <laughs> but we won't talk about those. Uh, we'll celebrate our victories, the small victories that we have. And, again, I'm excited about the, the Vegas Vipers being aired on our airwaves here so you can hear some uh, some live football action. And Harry Ruiz, who Raider Nation is very uh, familiar with, and also DeMond Cotton on the call for the home game. So that should be exciting. So, again, a lot coming up on today's show. Rob Demosky from ESPN, Joe DeLeon from the Believe Podcast Network talking all things draft, Mark McMillan and Alex at 3, Ryan Fowler at 3.30, and Paloma Villacana will join us at 4 o'clock to talk all things UNLV. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive.
0: The opening drive of unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest,
2: most advanced Silverado ever. And to get us started, kicking things off on the phone lines right now, we're pleased to have Rob Demoski from ESPN. And Rob, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I do appreciate you. And did you ever think, as long as I've known you, and as long as you've been covering football, and covering the Packers, did you ever think you'd be covering a guy in the dark, and you're waiting to see what happened with him? <laughs>
3: Well, luckily, Q, I'm not in there in the dark with them. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, it, it's interesting. It's interesting times. I, I've come to realize that you know, just when you think you've seen it all, you've seen something you've never seen
2: before. Right, exactly. Well, you're doing a hell of a job, and I know that just like here in Vegas, there's never really an off day, right? There's always something going on. There's always something going on with the Green Bay Packers and one Aaron Rodgers. So as far as the Packers go, I've seen reports out there, Rob, uh, that you know maybe the Packers are ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers. What would you say, where do you think that their temperature is right now? Because they do have a young Jordan Love that hasn't had an opportunity to really get out there and show what he could do sitting behind Rodgers.
3: Yeah, my colleague Jeff Darlington at ESPN reported today that he has a source high in the Packers organization that says they want him back and that if he wants to come back, that they would have him back. So um, there's all sorts of reports out there. I know there was a report that said um, basically they're sick of him and want to move on. I, I, don't, I cannot confirm that report. I don't know that that is true. Um, look, the, the bottom line is I don't know that even, first of all, Rodgers knows what he wants to do yet. And, you know, once he decides if he wants to play or not play, if he's if he's going to play, is it here or somewhere else? I, I think we're just still I, – I don't think we know enough about what either side wants at this point to, to kind of say this is what's going to happen. And, and, look, I, I think Rodgers is going to play um, in 2023. Now, where he's going to play, Hugh, I, I just I, – I can't say. I don't have any – Feel and, I, and I'm not sure that anybody does,
2: in- including Aaron Rodgers. He might not know as well right now. Again, we're talking with Rob domoski from ESPN here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So, as far as his play, we talked about it quite a bit yesterday on the show that it was a down year for Aaron Rodgers to his standards. How much uh, high level, almost MVP level play do you think Aaron Rodgers still has in the tank?
3: Well, that's a good question, Hugh. I, I think from a physical standpoint. It's all still there. Uh, You know, go back, and there was a throw late in the regular season finale against the Lions. Again, they, of course, lost and and missed the playoffs because of it. But he threw an absolute laser down the right sideline to Romeo Dobbs, and Dobbs dropped it. But that throw was as good a throw in terms of velocity and ball location as you'll see any quarterback in the NFL make ever. Uh, So that tells me he's still got the arm strength, and and he's still got – you know, that physical ability. Does he move as well as he used to? No, but he can still get out of trouble and he can still make plays with his feet. So I don't know that there's a great decline in his skill. I, I think where the questions uh, rest with him is just how much he believes in what's going on around him and how much he believed in that last year. Uh, you know, and, and that, that goes to not only the young receivers, it goes to play calling, it goes to game planning, um, all of that stuff. I, you know, I, I think the mental side of it um, was where he fell short a little bit last year.
2: Rob Demosky is our guest here from ESPN here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness talking all things Packers and Aaron Rodgers. My man damon has got one for you.
1: Yeah, you mentioned about the things that are around Aaron Rodgers, whether it be the receiving core that he has and not yeah. having that chemistry with them. Aaron Jones getting that resigning that re- or that restructure of his deal. But how far away are the Packers from being an actual contender in the NFC? Yeah,
3: I mean, you have to like what you saw from Christian Watson late in the year and Romeo Dobbs early in the year. The problem that they had was that those guys couldn't get on the field at the same time very much. I think it was like less than 100 snaps together because when um, Dobbs was playing early in the year, Watson was hurt and dropping balls. When Watson was, was really hitting his stride second half of the year, um, Dobbs had the ankle injury. So I think they they have something there in those two guys that are going to be, you know, it's going to be something to build on and potentially could be you know, a pretty good one-two punch. Right now they don't have a veteran receiver uh, unless they re-sign Randall Cobb or uh, Alan Lazard. Uh, they don't have a tight end, uh, a playmaking tight end, unless they re-sign Robert Tunyon. So they have some holes you know, in the skill position. Uh, Aaron Jones obviously an important piece of this offense, and, and as you mentioned, they restructured his deal. He took a pay cut. He's coming back. But um, Rodgers did say that the development of the young receivers would, would play a part in, in his decision, but he, he probably needs more than that you know he's probably going to need them to to upgrade at that position and give him some more playmakers for him to feel like he can come back and do what he needs to do.
1: I know that Matt LaFleur's main concern should just be winning games, but do you think that maybe he wants to move to Jordan Love sooner rather than later?
3: Well, that's a great question. Um, you know, I I I, I don't know. I can I don't know that anybody knows. Um, <laughs> you know, and here's the other thing too is what Matt LaFleur wants and what Brian Gutekunst, the general manager, want might not be the same thing. Right. Uh, Matt LaFleur needs to win now. Okay. So, so his, his best, as any coach does, his his best chance to win right away is probably Aaron Rodgers. Brian Gutekunst's job is to win now and win 10 years from now. And his, so that, that probably behooves them to play Jordan Love and figure out what they have. So It's not always, um, you know, it's it's not always the same goal and the same, uh, you know, thing that that two parts of the football operation want. Uh, And at this point, you know, I think it's worth questioning whether they are as an organization on the same page or whether Matt LaFleur, you know, would rather roll Aaron Rodgers and Brian Goodacuse, the GM, would rather see Jordan Love out there.
2: Again, we're talking with Rob Daboski from ESPN here on Raider Nation Radio 920, talking all things Packers and also Aaron Rodgers. And so one of the questions I have, Rob, is about Jordan Love and the fact that they've got to make a decision on a fifth-year option sooner rather than later, yeah. and they haven't been able to see him play. How much do you think that that really plays into any other factor here?
3: Yeah, we asked Judacruz at the end of the year, have you seen enough to know whether you're going to pick up the option or not? And he said yes. Um, but okay. they see him every day in practice. Um, now it's been limited playing time but this year this past year when he did play he was very productive and late in the game situation against the eagles now granted the eagles were playing basically a prevent defense and um, playing soft coverage as love admitted but he was able to put together two scoring drives a touchdown drive and a field goal drive in that game against the eagles which was probably his most impressive game performance but um, you know, on the outside that's pretty much all anybody sees, but it would appear that the Packers, you know, have a pretty good feel for what they have in love and, and most likely will be exercising that fifty year option which is, is for the twenty twenty four season and is a little over twenty million dollars.
1: Earlier you mentioned Aaron Jones and how he renegotiated his contract. We saw earlier with the Tennessee Titans how they were just cutting players full stop just to get that cap relief. Are the Packers, where where are they like in their cap situation? Could we see a restructuring of Aaron Rodgers' deal?
3: Yeah, it's interesting because Rodgers did say last time he was on Pat McAfee or maybe two times ago that he knows there will have to be some adjustments made to his contract. And that's whether he plays in Green Bay or somewhere else. Now, how much of an adjustment and what that exactly means? He didn't say pay cut, right? So,
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, you know, Aaron Jones flat out took a pay cut. Aaron Rodgers has never taken a pay cut in his career, and I'm not sure he ever will. Uh, but there's, you know, that's a big number uh, that they're going to have to deal with in terms of cash payouts and salary cap hits and all that kind of thing. So, whoever uh, Aaron Rodgers plays for has to address that issue. I think there's going to be some other guys that you see. Restructured David Bakhtiari, their left tackle, is going to have to probably do something similar to what Aaron Jones did, um, you know, in order to stay here. They have a bunch of free agents that they're getting rid of a bunch of contracts. Um, Those guys I mentioned, Cobb, Lazard, uh, Robert Tanya, and Mercedes Lewis. Uh, So, you know, they're probably, uh, Adrian Amos, they're starting safety as well. They're probably not gonna be able to resign very many of those guys. Maybe one or two of those guys comes back. But I don't think they're gonna to have to do you know, they're not gonna to have to do what Tennessee did and start, you know, whacking players just because of the salary cap.
2: Rob, got a couple more questions for you. And, of course, the big elephant in the room, and Raider Nation's interested in knowing if the Packers are, are willing to trade Aaron Rodgers. And, of course, we don't know. We don't know what the what's going to happen with that situation. Yep. But just say that they were thinking about or entertaining the thought of trading Aaron Rodgers. What do you think reasonable compensation, given his salary, given his indecision at the end of each and every year what he wants to do, yeah. what do you think reasonable compensation would be for him?
3: Yeah, I mean, the starting point would have to be a first-round pick, right? I mean, they're not going to trade him for – anything less than that. Now, the, the thing that I think would be interesting is, you know, is it is Rogers willing to tell the Raiders or whatever team he would go to? that, yeah, I'll play, I'll play at least two more years, you know, and, and if he's not, then the Raiders might not be willing to give up that much. I, maybe, maybe there's a deal where, um, you know, it's a first round pick and, and then there's a contingent pick. And if he plays a second year, then they'd get a, you know, second or third round pick in addition to that or something, they might have to get creative with it if Rodgers isn't willing to say, yeah, I'm definitely playing more than one season. Uh, Because otherwise, it's a lot of compensation draft pick-wise to give up, and it's a lot of cash to to spend if he's only going to play one year.
2: Right, exactly. That's been one of the biggest hot topics that we've had here on the show. My final question for you is, uh, a lot of people have called in and, and questioned if Aaron Rodgers and Josh McDaniels, those two personalities, if they could work and coexist to each, with each other, what do you think? Do you think Aaron Rodgers and Josh McDaniels will be able to work together if, if in fact, the trade did happen?
3: Great question. I don't know Josh at all. Um, I know what his reputation is, as it's gonna, you're going to do it my way or the highway. Uh, I'm not so sure that that would necessarily work with Rodgers. There's also some other guys on the Raiders coaching staff that worked in Green Bay. And, you know, that doesn't, I I guess what I'm saying is don't necessarily think that that means that it's a natural fit. It might in fact be the opposite Mm -hmm. um, because guys that have worked with Rodgers here might not be willing to give such a great recommendation to the Raiders for for Rodgers. Just, 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 you know, keep that in mind that just because there's some guys on that coaching staff on both sides of the ball – Uh, That doesn't necessarily mean that that they're going to want Rodgers either. So the owner might want him. Um, The owner's probably desperate for a quarterback, just as the Jets owner is. But there's a lot of things that would have to fall in place. The other thing is, if Rodgers goes to a place like that, is he going to have to learn a new offense, or is Josh McDaniels going to have to learn what Rodgers wants to run?
2: Right. Right. That's interesting. and so Again, that's another topic that's come up as well. It seems like it's, well, it's always a big question mark, and we don't have any answers until we do have the answers. But we go to Rob because Rob brings the heat each and every time. Rob Demosky from ESPN. What do you got working on that uh, we should be able to look out for?
3: Uh, just heading to the combine early next week, so there should be nice. plenty of news out of Indianapolis uh, starting Monday.
2: Yeah, we'll be there. We found out today that we'll be there officially. So uh, how much business do you think gets done there, even though, well, it's not the actual league year yet?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all the groundwork for sure is is laid there. And, um, you know, it, 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 the interesting thing is the combine was designed for teams to evaluate players that are going to be drafted, or you know, this this year coming out of college. But it's really turned into – just as much a precursor to free agency as anybody as anything else.
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm excited to, uh, to be there, so I'm sure I'll see you in Indy. Make sure you have safe travels, and uh, we'll be talking soon, Rob. I do appreciate you.
3: All right, sounds good, Q. We'll be seeing you.
2: All right, brother, there he goes, Rob Demosky, ESPN. Fantastic job covering the Green Bay Packers. Great nugget that he just dropped, though. You know, there's there's some, some staff members that are on the Raiders staff right now that have worked with Aaron Rodgers, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they'd say, yeah, Yeah, let's go sign up for Aaron Rodgers to be a a Raider quarterback. So, you know, there's there's always that. And, of course, Devontae Adams is a a part of the Raiders as well, but uh, we know that they have a hell of a relationship. So I thought that was a good way to start us off right there. Rob Domoski talking all things Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Coming up next as we uh, can keep the party rolling here on Unnecessary Roughness, Joe DeLeon, the Believe Podcast Network, talking all things draft. We'll do it next here on Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
2: Just had a good conversation with Rob Demosky from ESPN talking all things Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And of course, everyone's kind of paying attention to see what Aaron Rodgers decides he wants to do. I know the Jets are paying attention, the Raiders could be paying attention, and other teams out there potentially could be paying attention. I want to throw this question out there to you. You can respond on our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187 keyword RNR. What do you prefer, Raider Nation, to be the guy behind center next season? A veteran quarterback? like Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy G or some other veteran that's out there available, Jarrett Stidham or a rookie. Those are the options that you have. Rodgers, Jimmy G, whatever veteran you look at, Jarrett Stidham, or a rookie. Those are the selections. com text line 69187, keyword R&R. Joining us now on the phone lines from the Believe Podcast Network is our good friend Joe DeLeon. And Joe, thanks so much for your time. We do appreciate you this afternoon as always. And this upcoming draft, man, I mean, I, there's a lot of mock drafts out there right now. I don't really pay attention to those. It's too early, but I do like to deep dive into the players and the positions. And of course, for the first time in a long time, the Raiders need a quarterback. So when you look at this quarterback class in general, what are you seeing Are you seeing a a, a few guys that you kind of look at and say, those could be potential franchise guys? How do you assess this quarterback class right now?
0: Yeah, I I think right now there are five guys that you can make the argument for uh, being really highly draftable. And there's just a wide array of, of readiness for those guys. And we look at the top two right now that I think are going to be the most highly sought after, which are Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. They're the furthest along. I think they're the most ready to play. Uh, They're less of a project. They're a little closer to their ceilings, but they're still more ready to step in and will probably start as rookies. But then as we start to move uh, back a little bit and look at more of the high-potential players, you've got guys like Anthony Richardson and Will Levis that have really tremendously high ceilings as players and could turn into really, really impactful franchise quarterbacks but are, are likely two to three years away from being that level of play because they need some time uh, to improve on some of their deficiencies. And I'd also throw Hendon Hooker into the mix, who is a little bit of a mix of the both, but he's dealing with the injury that he suffered at the end of the season. Assuming at the NFL Combine at the end of next week, his medical rechecks go really, really well. I would consider him as a late first rounder, early second round pick, um, to be a bridge quarterback or somebody to take over after a year or so once he's fully recovered.
2: With Anthony, Anthony Richardson and, of course, Will Levitz, is it is it bad that I look at those guys as like boom or bust? Like I feel like that their ceiling is super high, but I also feel like they could, if you're getting in the wrong hands in the wrong organization, end up being like really not good quarterbacks when it's all said and done.
0: No, I think mean, you're really hitting the, the nail on the head there with both of those guys. They're so talented. They're both so athletically gifted. But because they're so far away from their ceilings, they really are boomer busts, And I think with any quarterback, their situation is so important to analyze because it's, it's really uh, contingent for a lot of guys on their success in the league. There's not a lot of quarterbacks who can succeed despite limitations on the roster that they're dealing with. Not everybody is, is Joe Burrow that can uh, succeed without a good offensive line blocking for him. But these two guys have just so much to work with. But if they do get to a spot where they're rushed out there too early, I I think that we could get a Zach Wilson-type situation where fans get frustrated and they immediately want to move on without giving a guy like uh, either one of these guys a chance to grow and become the quality of player that they could possibly be.
2: Joe DeLeon is our guest from the Believe Podcast Network. We're talking all things NFL Draft here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. My man DeMond's got something for you.
1: With the combine coming up, I do want to ask about that because when it comes to the quarterbacks, I feel like none of the top prospects want to throw. But who do you think has the most to gain from competing and actually participating in the combine?
0: Well, it seems like C.J. Stroud is supposed to throw. He said that uh, on the Pat McAfee show when he was at the Super Bowl, which is really good to hear because, it's always fun to get to see these guys throw and see how they, they stack up. But I, I think particularly Will Levitz and Anthony Richardson both have the most to gain from these throwing drills because they have a lot of questions with accuracy and consistency. And if both of these guys, maybe they miss a couple throws, how do they respond? Uh, how calm and collected do they seem uh, during these, these, uh, these passing drills? That's going to be really key for them. I also think, uh, you know, guys like, you know, somebody like Max Duggan or Jake Hayner, these later-round guys, if they can show off just really nice, clean consistency because they've done a lot of that in their career, could make arguments for themselves as backup quarterbacks. But I do think of the the highly draftable guys, the two to pay attention to, again, are going to be Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. They're going to be talked about a ton during this process.
1: You mentioned Duggan and some of those guys that are probably, their their career ceiling would be a high-end backup. Do you see that the, any of those mid-range guys that could be a steal and maybe do have that potential to be a starter if they develop along the right way?
0: Uh, right now, I, I admittedly don't believe that there are any like developmental guys that can turn into starters at the quarterback position. I, I think that this class is really filled with a lot of, clear cut backups. So Stetson Bennett, Max Duggan, Jake Hayner, Jaron Hall, a lot of those guys are gonna fit more as as long term backups. I just I think after we get past Hen and Hooker, uh, the potential for any of those guys developing into starters is, is a bit unrealistic.
2: Talking again with Joe DeLeon from the Believe Podcast Network, talking all things NFL draft. Have you identified a certain position as being, uh, you know, this is a really good year to get this certain player, this type of player. Have you been able to identify that position yet?
0: Yeah, I, I look along the defensive line at defensive tackle and at edge. There is so much talent. There is a lot of depth at both of those positions. Uh, and we look at the the two guys at the top for both groupings, Jalen Carter and Will Anderson, who are my 1A and 1B players in this class as the top players in, in the 2023 class. But as we start to move down, there's a lot of guys in the top 10 later on in the first round. And then even in the second round, that could be highly, impact, uh, highly impactful players. And I, I look at guys like Will McDonald from Iowa State, Miles Murphy from Clemson, uh, Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech and, Lucas Van Ness from Iowa at the edge spot. And then at defensive tackle, we've got Brian Brzee. We've got Keanu Benton from Wisconsin. Uh, Zach Pickens from South Carolina is a name that I really like. Adi Odebuare from Northwestern had a really nice senior bowl. There's just so many names that we can keep adding to the list for uh, defensive tackle and, and edge. And there's even so many guys in both of those groupings that, there were some some, uh, some snubs for the Combine, just because there's so many talented names. And one guy in particular, Carl Brooks, who I think uh, from Bowling Green, I think is going to get drafted, didn't even get invited to the Combine. So both of those position groups, a lot of depth, a lot of really good talent at the
2: top. Joe, you mentioned Tyree Wilson, the edge out of uh, Texas Tech, and I used to cover the Big 12 like a glove, so it's not that often that you start talking about defensive players coming out of the Big 12, especially from Texas Tech, from Lubbock, but here we are with Tyree Wilson. Uh, What do you like about Tyree? What does he bring to the game that NFL teams are going to like? Because I've seen him mocked in the top ten on a lot of these uh, draft boards.
0: Yeah, I think the big thing, and a lot of times with these highly drafted edge rushers, the most important thing is length. Uh, he's a very tall, long athlete, and he moves really well for his size. That's what's going to excite a lot of teams. And I think after we move past Will Anderson, there's a debate that can be made for so many of the different edge prospects. And I think Tyree Wilson fits that that, that billing of uh, a, a guy worthy of a top pick because he's twitchy, long, athletic, uh, and was very productive this past year at Texas Tech. And I think, more teams than ever always try to pay attention to. Are guys productive in college? Can they be successful uh, in college and then translate it to the next level? But he definitely has all the traits and, and checks every physical box and I won't be surprised if he's one of the guys in the combine that's not, you know, measuring in with some crazy numbers that everyone's ooing and awing at.
1: Yeah, I saw a tweet last night. It was from one of the draft guys. Sorry, I can't remember his name. But it was during the fall, fans say, hey, we need to beef up this offensive line. And then during the mock drafts, when it's projected that they should take an offensive lineman, it's, nah, we don't want a rookie who's unproven. But are there any offensive linemen, particularly tackles, that you think could be some day one starters that could be taken in this first round?
0: Yeah, right where the Raiders are picking, and I've even featured in one of my mock drafts before the the season ended. Uh, that I think Peter Skorowski or Paris Johnson Jr. fit mm. that description of a, somebody who can step right in and start right away. Peter Skorowski from Northwestern, I think, is the most ready to play. There are some question marks on his length. Is he tall enough? Is, are his arms long enough for him to play tackle at the next level? But his teammate, Rashawn Slater, he quieted those concerns of needing to, to, to fit that uh, size threshold. And I think Skorowski is going to make a, a pretty big argument for being a starting tackle at the next level very early on. And if not, if things don't work out, and he's a little too stumpy, he can bump into guard. Uh, but Paris Johnson Jr. has so much potential. He played guard most of his time at Ohio State. He bumped out to left tackle this past year. And while he was very clearly new to the position, he's still figuring it out, there were just so many shining moments for him that uh, I, I think that there's a, a lot of upside for what he be, could become as a player. And then just one other quick name to throw out there that is, uh, a name that I don't think is getting enough recognition is Jalen Duncan from from Maryland, who mm. uh, I was high on coming into the season, and he had a really nice senior bowl. He's a tall, long, uh, athletic guy who moves just really well for his size. I think Jalen Duncan is a, is a late first-round, early second-round pick for a team that's looking for a tackle, and maybe the Raiders take him somewhere on, on day two.
2: What about... Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle out of Tennessee, who had a phenomenal last year, a senior year, after not wowing anybody his first couple seasons there in Tennessee.
0: Uh, yeah, Darnell Wright is is a fine prospect. I think realistically he's going to be somewhere late day two, early day three. I, I just think that there's a lot other more talented guys in this class that are going to fit above him. But he's, he's a name to pay attention to. He's somebody who at the very least could provide some really – Nice depth on your offensive line, if if you're looking for that somewhere in the end of day two, early day three. But uh, I'm more paying attention to some of these other guys after seeing the way that he performed at the uh, at the Senior Bowl.
2: There you go. Joe DeLeon from the Believe Podcast Network here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Just got a couple more questions for you. We got a text asking if Hooker was healthy, if he hadn't tore his ACL. One, I think he would have been a Heisman Trophy finalist, but that's a whole other conversation. Do you think, would you have him rated higher than Levis and Richardson if healthy?
0: Well, at the start of the season, I actually had him uh, rated higher than than Will Levis. And the thing that really kind of confusing for me when we, we get into this debate of where does Will Levis did and everyone starts talking about how how high upside Will Levis is. Well Will Levis and Hendon Hooker are pretty similar in age. It's not like the other guys where uh, they're in their early twenties. We've got Hendon Hooker who I think just turned twenty five and Will Levis who is approaching twenty five or is at least twenty four right now Both these guys are older. So frankly, for me, I'm, I lean Hendon Hooker. I understand why teams are excited about him. I understand why people really like Will Levis. Um, but I'd rather have somebody who's further along. You know, I'd rather have somebody who is that age that I know can step in and play right away. It's not like Will Levis is 20 years old like Anthony Richardson. Instead, he's 24. So he needs to be able to provide an impact early. We can't be waiting until he's 28, 29 years old until he figures it out. That's just way too long for me, which is why I'm more of a fan of Hendon Hooker. who has got great deep ball accuracy. He's a great athlete. And I think once his knee fully heals up, uh, could turn into a really, really nice starter at the next level.
2: I like it. I like it a lot. Final question for you, the cornerbacks, the defensive backs, secondary. Uh, what are you seeing from the secondary in this upcoming class, especially with guys like Christian Gonzalez and Joey Porter Jr. as well?
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of fantastic uh, athletes in this defensive back group. And uh, for the most part, it's going to be uh, an attention on the corners. You mentioned Joey Porter. You mentioned Christian Gonzalez. Keenan Ringo from Georgia is just a really athletic freak who is going to test uh, out of this world at the combine. But then there's other players to pay attention to uh, in this class, like Clark Phillips from Utah. We've also got Devon Witherspoon from Illinois. There's a possibility that all of those guys could go somewhere in the first round because that corner grouping is just so, so talented.
2: Wow. I like it. I like it. Well, I'm excited for the combine and Indy next week. Radio Nation Radio 920 will be there, so we'll be on hand to see how everything shakes out. Of course, we'll hear all the rumors and reports coming out of Indy. Joe, what do you got coming up on the Believe Podcast Network? What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for?
0: Uh, We're dropping position rankings every single week, so uh, make sure you uh, hit that subscribe button on the NFL Draft Prospects podcast or the Believe uh, YouTube channel, which is just, at Believe. We've got position rankings, and then we're going to be doing, my co-host Ryan Roberts and I are going to be doing a, uh, a combine preview, trying to predict who's going to have some crazy scores and whatnot, so uh, that'll be fun to check out for any of your listeners.
2: There you go. We're excited about it. We're hitting subscribe right now as we speak. We definitely appreciate you, and throughout the course of this draft process, man, we would like to have you on the show uh, more often as well to kind of get your updates. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate you. Joe DeLeon, Believe Podcast Network on Twitter, at Joe DeLeon, joins us throughout the course of the season, uh, talking all things uh, football and games and teams and uh, does a hell of a job. So we definitely appreciate him uh, each and every time he joins us. Again, Joe DeLeon from the Believe Podcast Network. 2.46 is the time. Come back. We'll get to some of your calls and texts. 702-365-9200. Are you looking for a veteran quarterback like a Rodgers, a Jimmy G, someone like a Baker Mayfield, someone who's been in the league? To be the starting quarterback of 2023, are you looking for Jared Stidham to be the starting quarterback, or do you want a rookie quarterback to start to start the season? That's the question I throw out there to you. Six nine one eight seven keyword RNR. This is Radio Nation Radio nine twenty.
0: Now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy Q.
2: Man, we just started the show on fire. Opening drive started off with Rob Demosky from ESPN talking all things Packers and Rodgers. Talked about covering Aaron Rodgers. Talked about who knows what's going to happen with him. But he did drop the nugget that, you know, his uh, colleague, uh, Jeff Darlington, had talked about a source inside the Green Bay Packers that Aaron Rodgers will be back with Green Bay next season. Thought that that was an interesting conversation that we had. Then we just wrapped up with Joe DeLeon from the Believe Podcast Network talking all things NFL Draft found the nugget that he dropped about Hendon Hooker and Will Levitz and the fact that you know a lot of people talk about the age of Hendon Hooker, but nobody's talking about the age of Will Levitz. And on top of that, Will Levitz still has to learn the game and develop. He actually would have had Hooker ranked higher than Levitz if Hooker hadn't been injured. And he even said something about maybe a late first-round pick. I'm thinking that he's a day-two guy because of the injury, but maybe he's a guy that drops uh, only to the, 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 the later end of the first round. That would be interesting. I think the more and more I do research, or we do research as a collective here on Raider Nation Radio 920 on say Roughness, I feel like the more that we're doing research, the more I'm liking the Raiders taking a shot with Hendon Hooker, especially if they have somebody in front of them that they could either compete with or they can he can sit behind and continue to get healthy because, of course, he's coming off the ACL tear. Now, our guest that we have coming up at, at 3.30, Ryan Fowler, he's actually reported that not only have the Raiders met with Hendon Hooker, but that he is progressing well in recovery from his ACL, and he should be ready to throw by training camp. So I'm not saying that he's going to start you know, for any team in September, but it seems like he's progressing pretty well from the ACL tear. And I remember it like it was yesterday, sitting in my house, I was here with, uh, with Vegas Jess and Jason and Demi and the wife, and we were all watching football on a Saturday night, and all of a sudden saw Hennon Hooker go down with that torn ACL, and we knew immediately before, before it was ever diagnosed, as soon as I saw it, I think I rewound it three or four times, and I told everyone that was listening, "Yeah, young man just tore his ACL. That sucks, and I hate to see that for any player. Just because you know that, man, especially a guy that's having a fantastic season like Hendon Hooker was with Tennessee, all of a sudden to go down like that with a torn ACL, just it, it tears me up to see it because I know how, what it means. I know what it feels like for players who that's, that's what they're living for to all of a sudden go tear their ACL. When I tore my ACL the first time playing basketball, I was crushed. And then to battle back and come back and then tear my other ACL, I was crushed again. But then it sure did give me the realization that, yeah, <laughs> I better find a job because <laughs> I ain't going to be no pro. Uh, these these ain't going gonna, ain't gonna to hold up. But, I mean, it's just one of those situations where it's just until it happens, you're like, there's no way it's going to happen. And then it happens. So I uh, hate that for Henning Hooker, but glad to hear he's on the road to recovery. And, of course, we'll talk to Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network coming up at 3.30. All things Henning Hooker, Mark McMillan, and Alex, next-level chefs. And, of course, Mark McMillan, former NFL defensive back, will join us at the top of the hour couple quick texts to get to. Q, ain't no way the Silver and Black can draft that quarterback from Tennessee. Can you imagine another hooker in Vegas? No hookers allowed in Allegiant Stadium. LOL, go Raiders. You know what? That I've seen that joke so many times, and if he were to end up a, a, a Raider, a member of the Silver and Black, that joke will never go away. It will always be something that will pop up. You'll hear it all the time, and it's just it just is what it is. There's certain guys that, you know, it's kind of like the joke writes itself, and that one will continue to be. The the joke. I uh, got a text from the nine two five. Levis will be twenty four in June. Hooker will be twenty six in January. I get it. I get it. But they're still older than your average guy going into the league. Is is basically my point. That's 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 the whole point. He, he, no one had, until until Joe D Leon brought it up on the show. No one has ever pointed out the reason that they didn't want Hen, Hendon Hooker was because of the age. Everyone says that, but no one has said, well, you know, Will Levis is kind of uh, kind of older too. Twenty four is still old. It's still older, right? I mean, so it's, it's not like, I mean, it's, it's, you're, you're splitting hairs here. 26 to 24 is, is not a whole big difference, right? So both guys are going to gonna have to get, well, Hooker's going to have to get healthy, and Levis is going to have to learn the game. So they're both on the older end, and obviously Hooker is older than Levis. But, again, that's the first time it's ever been brought up here on the show. If I'm lying, I'm dying, and I know I ain't dying. Uh, also, Vegas Pete said, if I heard right, Love will cost the Packers $20 million to keep. Why not trade for him instead of A-Rod? He's not a rookie but a young vet. Probably get him for a third. No way Packers could pay him and A-Rod. Combine 60 plus million since they're over the cap. Um, that's, that's a good question. I just don't know. I think like everybody, I don't know what Jordan Love brings to the table. And do you want to... Go and trade for a guy like Jordan Love not knowing, and then he ends up not being the guy that you expected him to be and you traded for him. You might be able to find that same guy in the draft and see what he has, and then, okay, it doesn't work. Well, that's all right. Drafted him in the third round, no problem. Like that, I think that would be the, the thinking behind that. No one's 100% sure. And then don't forget that you're going to have to pay Jordan Love a fat contract at some point too because the fifth-year option, is only, that's only one-year guarantee. Then what? I mean, remember, this guy's been in the league four years, right? I mean, he's literally going to be going into his fifth-year option. They're going to have to make a decision on, on that fifth-year option pretty soon. I mean, he's only been he, – he doesn't have much time on his rookie deal, let's put it like that. And so then you'd have to pay him a big big contract for not a lot of work. So we'll see how that shakes out. But Vegas Pete, I do like the, I like the thought behind it. I just don't know how the economics of that part works out. 256 is the time. When we come back, Mark McMillan and – Former Next Level Chef Alex, who actually was eliminated on the last episode, will join the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.